doorway to such a hellish place. To find what was stolen from me. And what is that? The kingdom. You must choose between kindness for your kin or hate for your enemies. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Showtime. Welcome into Mad About Movies. I'm your host, Brian Gill. Joined as always by my lovely co-host, Kit Garrison, Richard Barton. Boys, how are we doing tonight? Hanging in there. I'm pumped on these Mavs right now, though. Mmm. What about you? Mm. Actually, I do know about you guys. You are you are pumped, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. I've been staying up talking. late. Doing some podcasting, so I feel like I'm in it. You know, I've had to, I've had to stay up yeah. with the team. You know, I feel like I'm covering them again. You know, or covering right. a team up close again. So yeah. it's been fun. Yeah, you guys have been doing late night. I I tried to get Tobin to do a, a Mavs podcast last night, but we were we had too many things going on. But yeah, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I was talking to, to Richard off the air, and I was kind of like, uh, I kind of wish that. So the Mavs had Game Five last night. They just absolutely trounced the Jazz. Got one, if they win one more game, they move on to the next jazz. Yeah, there we go. I kind of was like, man, I just wish I wish the game was tonight. I wish there was no rest because it's just like the blood is the the blood is in the water. I really, I'm, I'm super pumped. Let's just get it done. But it's probably better for the guys that they get a couple of days off. But um, I would have liked to just roll right on in and finish it off tonight. It would have been nice. But, it's good vibes, yeah, other than than good some vibes, some bad fast news, which maybe maybe we'll talk. Man, next yeah. week we'll do a movie news. We it's about time we do a roundup yeah, around these for parts, sure. for sure. But yeah. So we are tonight's episode. We're reviewing uh, Robert Eggers, as I like to call him, Bobby Eggs. Uh, Bobby Eggs, the Norseman. <laughs> That's a Danny Weiser special. Thanks, Danny. Eggsy. Uh, Bobby Eggs, the Northman, um, which I'm I'm excited to hear you guys' opinions. And uh, Kent's going to host the review portion of this episode, but. But before we get to that, we got to do we got to do a little bit of housekeeping, a little bit of business. So we 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 reestablished the movie draft this year after a after a year off and a year in which we put in a lot of work and then it it died because of COVID. Um, we're still kind of getting the effects of that because we've had a couple of movies get bumped off of the 2023 schedule, 2022 schedule, excuse me, into 2023 instead. Um, Right after we did our episode, I think like maybe three days, it felt like uh, DC completely changed their entire slate, and we they moved uh, they moved the Flash movie that is probably never going to happen, Lord willing, and also uh, it's done though, right? I think that I think it's in the can. So if it doesn't come out, it's because <laughs> they literally just put it away. Because I yeah. know Keaton at least finished all his stuff. Yeah, I mean we we think that. A big part of this is, man, the Batman was awesome. We got to figure out how to get the Batman into this movie with the Batman, right? We got, I mean, that's got to be, it's got to be yeah. part of the, part of the thing. Um, but uh, the isn't the she in Batgirl though? Isn't, isn't he in Batgirl as a? I have no idea anymore. To be honest, I'm not kidding. I'm not doing a bit. I don't know anymore. I they've think got he is. Multiple really Batman. Do. They've got multiple Jokers. I never feel like they learned the the Batman was great. I really dug the Batman. I rewatched some of it this last week. Now that it's on HBO, and it holds. I I dig it. I like it a lot. I feel like Warner Brothers DC only learns the worst lessons from everything that happened. So I I don't know. I I have no clue what's what's happening there. But but I do know that they bumped Aquaman two and the Flash movie off of the calendar uh, and into twenty twenty three. That that hurt me and Richard. We had both. I had taken Aquaman. You took uh, you took the Flash, Richard. Uh, so we were like, "Hey, we need to we need to pick some replacements for that." And then in the process of of waiting for that to happen, Spider Man into the Spider Spider Verse across the multiverse part one or something um, that got bumped to twenty twenty three as well. Thanks a lot, Sony and. Uh, and our friend Tanner just continues the blood feud with uh, Amy Pascal, even though I don't think she has anything to do with this anymore. But I agree with Tanner. I also blame Amy Pascal. Uh, so now Spider-Verse is off the, the table as well. That is a Kent pick. And then yesterday, Super Mario Brothers got bumped from 2022 as well. And that was a Richard pick. So uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's fine. This is You can just fast forward to when the episode starts. But we do this thing every year that's not a COVID year. Uh, where we pick movies, we pick 10 movies each, 
We track them based on the money that they make at the box office, uh, the awards that they potential that they are nominated for, Rotten Tomato score, things like that. Have a, a tidy little algorithm and a formula for that. And uh, we keep track of it over the course of the entire year. And at the end of the year, the winner between the three of us gets to pick a movie that the loser of the three of us has to do a solo review of. And it's usually quite mean and a lot of fun for the other two people. Um, the VIPs get to do their own as well. So if you're not a VIP, next year is your year. I would love for you to jump in and play uh, movie draft with with the VIPs. And we may do a summer version of that this uh, in the next week or two, next month anyway. So be on the lookout for that. Um, but what we need to do is we need to make replacement picks before we get into the, the uh, review here. So because Richard is missing two movies now from his original 10, uh, we're going to let him go first. Kent will have the second pick. I've got the third pick. And then Richard, you can you can finish this off with the last pick since again you got you got to replace two of them. Oh man, so much to choose from here. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, really exciting. Um, I think I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the killer. Okay. Fincher. The, uh, I'm going to go awards points. Fassbender okay. and Fincher. Mm-hmm. It's Netflix, so I'm sacrificing a bit there, but I'll just hope to make it up on the other side. That's the uh, Brandon Flowers biopic. It is. <laughs> it is. Um, well, I had a good one, but not podcast appropriate. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it is. The killer. Okay, I like it. I like, I like it. that. I, I, it's a good I, pick. That's a good pick. We'll see. How so? How do here? One question, uh, as far as rules go, how does it go in terms of Netflix exclusive versus if it's in theaters? You get nothing. You get nothing for the box office because there is no box There's office. Zero some of those Netflix movies, yeah, you, so you can still Netflix take them movies, for the awards. You just right. You're taking okay. it for still awards picks only, got, and, got and yeah, and just the potential that like, hey, Netflix is struggling, so maybe they will start doing you know limited release or like an international release or something like that. Maybe you get some points for that, but, but for more, more than anything, Richard is taking that, that movie for, for the, the hope of, uh, of awards, uh, nominations and the, uh, letterbox and rotten tomatoes. Right. Right. I guess so even though those what, are more multipliers than anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's you, he's mostly, mostly you're, you're looking at, you're looking at awards, whatever points. So it, you know, assuming that that uh, it comes through on that i think one of the reasons it's still on the board for a lot of us was when we did our draft uh that movie had just really been announced and then um it sounds like i mean i think i saw a thing pretty recently that they had finished shooting or very close to it so anyway well it'll still take forever to (laughs) yeah and i'll be but no i like it i like it so all right kent it's to you man what's uh what's your replacement pick yeah it's between two for me and one of them just had a teaser image released like 15 minutes before we got on the pod like the first image Mm. was released and got the buzz going for me and made me really be like oh maybe i should take this maybe this is a sign but i think i'm leaning the other way because i'm looking at the crew behind it and i think it's i think it's award that's worthy so i'm gonna go with sam mendez joint empire of light yeah yeah, one. Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman, Roger Deacon shooting it. Yeah. That could be and so, cool. uh, yeah, I'm banking on Olivia and, and Deacons. Anything smart. else is just, uh, you know, bonus points. Yeah. It's like very it. smart. Yeah. And it's a movie. I believe it takes place in a movie theater. So for awards, that's always great. <laughs> right. They People love themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Movie yeah. about movies. Sure. Absolutely. That's, that's a good pick. I, uh, that was maybe going to be my pick. That was what I was debating. Was deba- I was I was trying to decide whether I was going to go awardsy or like pretty safe box office. Um and that was that was probably going to be my pick. So you got it can't that's a good one. Um There's one other kind of lightly awardsy movie. I'm going to man, Aquaman being off is a killer cuz especially where I took it in the draft. Um, the uh, Spider Man Two, yeah, amazing. Uh, Spider Verse Two, I mean, right. That right. one what killed me. I, I was yeah, it was a tough one. That was a yeah. high, <laughs> yeah. a high on my board. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it's that one killed a lot of drafts. We I feel bad. We've got a couple of VIPs who 
um, took Spider-Man very early and also had Super Mario Brothers. So now they're like really, oof, they're they're in the mm. trouble here. Um, all right, I will. I'll go safe. Feels like safe box office. I will go with Shazam two. As my yeah, favorite. that feels like a safe box office. And we're Could back be. to Richard to finish this off. Uh, since you've got to replace two movies here, my friend. Oh man, I'm just kind of. If you don't mind going through a few of these and trying to figure out what they are again. Yeah. Do you know what Clerks 3 is, Richard? <laughs> Didn't that already come out? No, it was Clerks 2. Wow. That's going to cry. I mean, that's easy 100 million. I just don't know if the critics will. <laughs> Brian, how many times have you had to sit through the Bob's Burgers, the movie trailer in a theater? Uh, I've yeah. seen it a couple times. I've seen it two times. Yeah. So. I've seen it like eight times, yeah. I feel like, in <laughs> theater. I still don't get it. I don't get I don't understand the tone. <laughs> Maybe I will. I've given it a lot of yeah. chances. Yeah. But I just don't uh, feel like if you do get it, it's the best thing ever. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, there's very few animation hey. that I can't get on board with. And that's one of them. Maybe there will be a joke in the movie is what I'm hoping for. You know, just one time. You should see it. <laughs> just one Please day. go see it by yourself. <laughs> It makes Tobin so angry because he thinks that show is incredible, and I I do not get it at all. I tried. I I watched for a full like two and a half seasons. Oh my gosh! I just was Good like, God, Brian, what's wrong? Not, I'm not getting. This is not. I don't. This get is it, like man. when I talk to Brian about how I hate baseball, and Brian yeah. goes, "Me you're too." The po- I watch you're the podcast listener. It's like I've I've listened to y'all for about <laughs> six months now. It's not for me. It's like how did it take you six months to figure? Yeah, in my defense, I was like early COVID. When I was just like, I okay, got, yeah, I got nothing. So yeah. we're just gonna gotcha. blow through. No, this, I'm not. You're just you're an incredible consumer <laughs> of content. That's right. That's right. Um, maybe it gets good in season three. We'll <laughs> yeah. see. And it, yeah. Gave yes. up. I I love to kill him with that. Like the the text I sent him on that was just, hey, I have a question about Bob's Burgers, and I just totally set him up for it. And then I was like, I'm in, you know, an episode whatever. When does it get funny? Like, what are the jokes? I like the people so involved. Bad. I like all the. Yeah, you too. I just don't. I just don't yeah. get the show. If you do, that's great. I'm not. I'm. I'm wrong. It's fine. very well just, received. Huge fan base. Yeah. Everybody yeah. loves it. That's great. I just like to troll my yeah. friends. That's all. Sure. So we still yes. don't have a Family Guy movie though. But <sighs> all right, Richard, have we given you enough enough time? You have given me plenty of time. <laughs> um. All right. Just go cocaine bear I'm, and call it a day. Ex- well, dang it. Can't take the words out of my mouth. I'm going cocaine bear. Somebody cocaine one of us bear. has to draft Woo. it. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's very good. Before we move on to the movie, I will, uh, I'll just give you guys a quick update here. We're very, very early in this process, obviously. Um, we each have only had one. I've had two movies come out, but one of them I've not updated uh, in the last couple of, in the last week. So um, currently Richard is sitting at 232 points with uh, his, uh, his takeaway from the lost city with Sandy Bullock, and Channing Tatum, Kent coming in at 456 from the Sonic two bonus that he's, uh, he's accumulated there. That will go up a little bit. Cause I think it actually it's, it, yeah, it's doing quite well. Um, and I have one very good pick and one that has turned out to be not so great and hopefully will not come back to haunt me later, but I'm sitting at 3060 points because of the Batman. So fantastic beast is disappointing quite a bit, but the Batman is killing. So that's the, that has turned out to be a, a good pick for me. Yeah. So that's where we sit right now. We'll do an update in like maybe the end of May or beginning of June, something like that, because we have several movies like Doctor Strange is coming out here, Top Gun's coming out soon, um, a couple others that'll probably hit hit this thing before we get to the true summer months that are uh, that are headed our way shortly. So that's the movie draft. That's where we're at now. And uh, Kent, you wanna you wanna take us on into into Northman territory? All right, let's go to let's go to Eggtown. Talk all Bobby Eggs here. And won't you take me to Eggstown? <laughs> I don't I'm not sure where uh you fall on uh Robert Eggers, Richard. I know I was, actually yeah, I, I think you and I did the witch episode together. We uh, did do the witch episode, but we did not I was not on the lighthouse episode. Okay. You were not. I do not remember I was, that. I was, and I was the opposite. I did not do the, the witch, but 
I was and I did lighthouse out farting with some friends. So I <laughs> too busy to fart with us. I had to go fart with Corey. <laughs> it was very coincidental that we were in the theater. Basically, you know, you were channeling it. Bros being bros, straight you know? straight from Defoe. <laughs> well, where do you fall on Robert Eggers, Richard? Yeah, I mean, I love. Um, I I like really original, sort of risk taking filmmakers, uh, and I, I I certainly would understand. I kind of understand. He's one of those. It's not really for me, but I do kind of get um, the appeal because there is a real style and vision and tone and like he's definitely someone of of like in an uh, you know a certain amount of talent and i i like his kind of things in the um in the like horror world and things like that i think his style can lend itself to i mean he's really kind of intense filmmaker and i think there's a real skill to that but it's not really it's not really for me and uh and so wasn't like super super hyped for this i saw um What's the one where they fart? I already forgot what I have in front of me. Uh, Lighthouse. <laughs> I'm kidding. The Lighthouse. I saw The Lighthouse like after all the buzz because I wasn't on the episode for it. And um, and so and just was like just one of those where you're just flabbergasted that it would like I cool that it was made. It was made on a cool budget. But then it was like everyone the, the kind of meme and the zeitgeistiness that that movie caused it's always weird to me which of those really hyper indies ever not even that's really that indie but those really small films that one caught on in a way i didn't see coming i guess pattinson pool and things like that but but yeah then to to fund this with you know all the money in the world was some real 2013 uh studio energy and i i like i've missed it i've missed them (laughs) you know as we as we move into this time you know it's like this is like if you're a basketball fan, like someone going, we're playing two centers and we're, <laughs> we're, you know, we're, or we're throwing it inside every play. If you're a football fan, we are just going to run the ball first and second down, like just not paying attention to the trends of the film industry whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, doing this hundred million dollar Nordic epic in a world where people are so choosy as to what they go see. Just, I, I love it. You know, Moneyball is dead. Long live the 2006 Yankees or whatever. Yeah. What about you, Brian? Refresh us on your, your Eggers background. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't see the witch. Um, I'm sure it's very good. Everybody who, who has seen the witch really likes it. I, I like to sleep at night. So, I did not see that. Um, the Lighthouse is probably top 10, least favorite, most obnoxious movies that I've ever seen in my life. I hate, I like, I just, I hate, hate, hate it. It's, it's, and it's not, it's not for me. It's not for me. And I, um, you know, I've tried over the years and I certainly am not perfect at this by any means, but I, I, I do try to acknowledge when something, when a movie uh, is not made for me and just kind of, you know, say that and just move on for the most part. Um, I try. I'm not, I'm, it, it's not, if it's a blockbuster, you know, if it's a high budget kind of movie, I think that's, that's where it's like, this is my wheelhouse. And if it sucks, then I'm going to say it, it sucks. If it's, the art house movie, the weird art house movie is not my not my thing. There are times when I really like it. There are directors that that do make more art house kind of movies that I really appreciate and love, like you know, I don't know, David Lowry or somebody. I mean, and I'm sure if we named off names, I could you know, Oh yeah, I really like that person. I like what they're doing, all that kind of stuff. Justin um, Lin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um and and so I try I try to 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 kind of be in that space where it's like I don't want to be a yum yucker. I'll tell you how what I really think about a movie. I'm never gonna like skip Bayless it one way or the other. But that's a lot of sports references we've made in this episode. But yeah, I sorry, oh, sorry we've we've really alienated um, our 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 listeners. But, but yeah, like I I, I want to be I want to be in that corner where I can be. Um, where I can be honest about how I feel about a movie, but also be fair about like the intentions, what the movie is, who the movie's for, et cetera, et cetera. I do not like Robert Eggers. I don't, I do not appreciate 
um, his vision for for film. It it is it is uh, when I watch like one of these movies, I'm like, I just I just feel like this is why I didn't go to film school or something like that. I can't I cannot get there with this kind of movie, and that is uh, that's mostly what he is is uh, intent on making, and that's totally fine. That's his that's his kind of movie. If you dug it, you dug it. When you get ninety million dollars to make a movie that's gonna open in thirty five hundred screens and whatnot, then you do kind of come into my world, you know, I guess, or like the world that at least I feel like I'm I'm comfortable in, and what where a lot of movies are made for me in in this world, and and that is a place where I feel maybe a little bit more like my own, like my opinions, my feelings on a movie are, um maybe more valid than they might be on something like the lighthouse, which remains again, one of the least, the worst film going experiences I've ever had in my life. So, um, I, <laughs> I did not care for this. If, if it's not, um, clear. There's a few things that confuse me about this. Uh, why did they release this in late April? Did they mm-hmm. feel like this mm-hmm. had summer blockbuster written on it or something? I, yeah, I wouldn't, think, I wouldn't think. I would the spreadsheets, baby. <laughs> Charts are dead. To me, this feels like a an awards, more of an awards contender type of film that you release in October. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, October fifth, you put this thing out, and if it has legs, it gets to December, and then you know, maybe it maybe it makes makes some noise in the awards season. I, I feel like that's that's where you're betting on this thing to get gain word of mouth. I don't feel like, I feel like it's just going to get drowned out by the Sonic twos of the world. And what well, it didn't even beat that other animated movie this past weekend, did it? Uh, the bad mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate the timing of it all. This is the first Robert Eggers film not to be put out by a 24, uh, yeah. his other ones, the witch, they would not do this and the lighthouse. Uh, yeah, they're like, well, we'll give you, you know, strictly 30 million is our max. So if you can't right. do it for that, probably shouldn't be made. He's like, well, I'll, I'll go somewhere else then. And what happens is, you know, universal focus features finance, this thing, Regency, and they see dollar signs. So like, okay, we've got to get our money back somehow. So let's put this thing out in the summer. And you know, that's when it gets buried. So it's really unfortunate for him, that's like, hey, you get this big break to go make a big studio movie, but also they have to make their money back, so they're going to put it out yeah. in the summer when it's really shouldn't have been out in the summer, and it probably can't make its money back. And so, you know, it's like, I want to live tough. in a world where the they make these, you know, sure. kind of epics or yeah. like, I, even if I don't like them, I think I'm not mocking that. I'm just saying we clearly do not live in that world, so mm-hmm. it's funny that whenever this was greenlit in 2020 or 2019 or whatever, like we were a decade into that world no longer existing. Mm-hmm. That's not even a COVID thing. Right. That's a like post Marvel thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it stinks. Cause even things I don't like, I, I wish that there was more of these. I wish people just went and saw stuff to see it because they had nothing better to do on a Friday. And that's how people find stuff they really like. And it makes for diversity and art and things like that. And it allows that we don't have to have these distinctions between $100 million films right. and Oscar and awards and art house films that are all made for $5 million. I, I want all that to be true. So I want to be make sure all that's clear. But it's denying reality to act like that's currently the case. And maybe one day will be again. But this is not the way to get us there. Yeah. And it, a little to add to that, because I'm with you. Like I we we lament the fact that there's just there aren't any, you know, $50 million budget movies anymore. Or if they are, they're they're three part series on Netflix or whatever. Um, and so, like, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like, it's cool. I I would love for studios to be willing to lose some money on an indie movie or a you know an original a piece of original content or something like that um, because they want to work with a good director or a movie star or whatever else. Like, I I think that would be cool. I think very clearly that the studio and director did not see eye to eye on what this was going to be or what 
And the, the fact he was shocked by that was hilarious. Yeah, I, that 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 that's something I want to say too. Like I I don't like Robert Eggers movies, so like, but I want to I want to be clear on this. It's not because I, I say what I'm about to say, not because I don't like his movies. I'm just real tired of the artist bit that we're getting a lot of right now. Where you took the money, dude. You don't get to complain about studio interference after the fact. Like that just. When they give you a check for $90 million, I assume that you are intelligent enough to understand that that is going to come with checks and balances and executives looking over your shoulder and, hey, we don't like this weird ending, you know, or, hey, this didn't test well, so you're going to have to change some things. Like, if you can't do that, then you make the movie for $10 million and you make it what you want it to be. You don't, I'm just, totally, I'm just, I'm really sick of, well, the studio, like we all acknowledge, we all know, we all know that studios interfere. We yeah. almost need like a, we need new verbiage on that. It's like, is it, is it interference or was it, we want input? You know what I mean? Like it's, there's, there needs to be a, a, a line on this, but it's the Charlie Sheen corollary. Like when the third wife of Charlie Sheen complained <laughs> that he cheated on her with yeah. porn stars at yeah. a certain point, yeah. he's Charlie right. Sheen. Like, yeah, you that's the move. did marry yeah. Charlie Sheen. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Studios, right? It's a business. Studios are there to make money and to to provide entertainment and make money. And if you don't want to do it, that is so that's so cool. Like I respect. Or with this, probably they're happy breaking even. Yeah, or even a little bit of even. Yeah, probably just not used to the workflow of Universal versus like. He a twenty four writes him a check and they're like, all right, well, send us the cut when it's done. And yeah. like that's the movie, and we'll yeah. see you at Sundance, I mean, and it's like that's it. And right. here he's doing all this, all these notes are coming back, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. "What the hell is going on?" Right, you know? but but that's but, fine in '95. It's right. 2022. Right. Exactly. Like, he's just right. like you don't you don't know somebody who's be made a movie scene. at a studio that can yeah. tell you, "Hey man, this <laughs> might not be for you." Like I'm good with whatever. Like it's totally you 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 make the movie you want to make, and there are egregious examples of of studio interference and all that sort of stuff, but. A month out, we get the, oh, I'm not really, this is the hardest process of my life. I'm not really happy with the, okay, well, I don't care because they gave you $90 million and I'm sure you feel, I I just, let's do one way or the other, my man. Be be a man of principle that I'm making the movie I want to make or make the movie that the studio will give you the money to make one or the other, but we don't, you can't have your cake and eat it too. That's, I, that's kind I, of Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on directors complaining after the fact. I, I don't understand why it's like. You can't just move on. Or, or or make a movie that makes them money and then on the third mm-hmm. one be like, I think yes. I've proven yes. that I, hey, that's fine. One for me, one for you. You know, right. something. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. Yes. Well, here's the yes. problem is that Universal, whoever you know, you know, is to blame for making this a big studio movie, they said, oh, here's this Robert Eggers guy, man. He could be the next Zack Snyder. Look at all these fans he's got online. You know, this that type of thing. Yeah. Let's get him oh, now. Like, this could be his world, yeah. his big epic, that his big coming out party, where he should always be making A twenty four movies. Like that's his his style. That's what he should be yeah. doing. He should be making yeah. twelve million dollars. Should have made half the budget back for for this type of movie, and everybody should have been happy at the end of the day. And it's up for awards. And you know, if somebody comes calling with a property that he can adapt, then great. But I don't think you should just take a Robert Eggers movie and slap. A universal logo on it, and expect and put it out in the summer, and expect it to do yeah, this big thing. Totally. Because I still feel like at the especially end of the day, with this subject matter, yeah, I yeah. still feel like at the end of the day, this is a an Eggers movie. It takes its risks. I like this more than the other films he's done, um, basically because of the. I thought the uh, fight sequences were were really well shot. Uh, you yeah. know, like uh, production design, staging. Uh, choreography and all that type of stuff was was pretty top notch. I, I liked some of the some of the camera work and stuff like that was it wasn't as like pretentiously obnoxious as <laughs> the lighthouse was where we are making this is gonna be the art artsiest art house art house movie you've art ever art housed. <laughs> and to me this feels like it's it's pretty Pretty but standard, you know. Like, there's not a lot of CGI in this thing. It's, it's like they they just kind of went out and kind of shot this thing, um, and so dirty. 
um, I hate his dialogue. I hate the way he writes. I hate mm-hmm. the romanticized version of of his dialect that he puts on the page. Whatever, whatever he does, I don't. I don't like that. But there are several sequences in the movie where it goes five ten minutes where nobody's talking and it's just music and camera work and bodies flying and rain and mud and fire and it's pretty epic. So. Those parts I liked, but almost everything in between was pretty, pretty yawn, pretty yawny, and uh, not Yanni the singer, like I'm yawning in the theater. Uh, I wish Yanni was in this. That's the only thing this thing didn't have. (laughs) Yanni. What Yanni's up to these days? The villain guy kind of looks like Yanni. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, what is he up to these days? Kenny G is staying relevant. Where you at, Yanni? (laughs) Yo-Yo Ma is out here going viral. What are you doing it? Well, I thought this uh yeah, I thought this was this was fine other than some pretty eye-rolly Egger stuff mixed into some mm. pretty uh great uh, battle sequences. So, I thought the battle sequences were fine and then it was mixed in with some uh what you would expect uh, an Eggers movie to be of this uh subject matter, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. Same. I mean, there was some really cool physical acting, some cool, really epic shots on it. I mean, I could see, I I, I can see the, uh, if, especially if you're real, I mean, this is pretty woodsy, right? So we can all know how I feel about <laughs> right. this. But like, but if you're into this thing, I could see how this would be like a real, like platonic ideal of a certain kind of movie. And I think that's cool. But uh, you're right, Ken. He's such a, and a lot of it's like, I know he wrote it with uh, the Bjork lyric writer and stuff. Of course he did. But um, the, you know, I think there's something to that, you know, Bjork, that kind Bjork, of right. Bjork was in this. I did see her as the, yeah. Um, the, yeah, the Sejan or I don't know how to say it. The, Whoever the, I should probably in the temple. I don't see C- yeah. Ris is what it is yeah. in the, in the credits, but yeah. Sean should join, whatever he, he, so maybe that's part of it is like the kind of that t- style of writing of, of that kind of, uh, world translated over but yeah it kind of i mean i kept just thinking of like apocalypto the whole time i watched this it was like really yeah that's like, a that's a good i have another comparison but yeah i was just thinking like i get the appeal of this to certain kind of people that kind of hype the violence of that the grittiness of it this is more stylized than that i think not saying he's a great dude but mel gibson has a little better eye of like kind of traditional narrative that's so funny you said that because there was a thread i was reading on uh on reddit this weekend that that it it was like the subject was i just saw the northman all i can say is i wish mel gibson had done it because he should be (laughs) the only one making these types of movies and that was i didn't read it but that's That's all i saw i was like that's that's a that's an interesting thing I, i wonder i hadn't seen the movie yet so i didn't i couldn't uh yeah agree or disagree but i just saw that even he, though, like, you know, that's a different – even if he hadn't, you know, said a bunch of anti-Semitic stuff on the side of the road in Malibu and <laughs> told his girlfriend he's going to burn her house down, I think even he, if he makes this movie in 2022 or makes Braveheart in 2022, I don't know what the audience is for that, right? Mm. Um, he's, it's the world we live in. So, so, but, but it's certainly probably – it's better. I mean, Braveheart – We saw what the audience was for The Last Duel last year. It's not very big. Yeah, I mean, that had to be the tell. I mean, they must have been panicking so hard when that fizzled. Um, I mean, that's got to be when the studio, you know, people are quitting their jobs and finding mm-hmm. places elsewhere and things like this that were associated with this. Because that's when that fizzles with those two reuniting to write something and all the press around that and Ridley and and uh, those cool haircuts. Um, yeah, so anyway, that that had to be when they were in full poop pants mode. Yeah. 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 I, I'm with you, man. There's, I think there's elements of this to like. I love, uh, Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. I think he, you know, he's got some leading man, uh, Definitely. action movie man potential. Did either of you ever watch the little drummer girl? No, uh, I have yeah. not yet. Man, he's so good. In that. I've heard, yeah, so you've, good in that. you've been recommending it, uh, a lot, but I'm not. And then Eggers brings back the, uh, the Defoe. As the the jester, God, I was laughing so hard. I was like, "Of course, Defoe's the jester in this movie." He's like dancing around, and then I, I don't know. All I guess all rituals back in the Viking days uh, oh were led by jesters. I didn't. 
He's also the priest. Notoriously or? funny people. Yeah, you, you bring the funniest dude around to, to perform the rituals. That's what <laughs> only that was he was always. delivering the lines from Simon Rich's The Gesture. That's that's <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> now we got a stew going. It was funny because this thing opens and it's like, you know, 900 AD in Iceland. It's this big epic. There's these ships and then boom, Nicole Kidman. It takes you right back to 2022. <laughs> it's like, why? Why? I. I the Kidman is on. Same character from uh, Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, right. I I know why she was cast in this or why this was her. We'll get there, I guess, a little bit later. But I didn't know why Ethan Hawke had like an American accent, but he was still talking in the Eggers dialect. That very- does, I'll be honest, that doesn't bother me anymore. I think that we should normalize that. I think we should just say... Stop trying to do an accent. You want Ethan Hawke in the movie? Cool, me too. Ethan Hawke rules. Let's just put him in the movie. It kind of doesn't matter what his accent sounds like. We we can suspend reality. He's from right? Jersey. We can yeah, just, it's yeah. Fine. right. It's fine. <laughs> right. He moved from Jersey yeah. three years ago. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm with you. It's just something that I that I did notice where it's like one dude in the entire movie is, uh, is, is kind of standing out. The... Ritual with the kid at the beginning. I thought I thought all of it was shot pretty awesome. All the fire, stuff like that. Um, Eggers didn't go as far with this narrative in the weird zone as Lowry did in The Green Knight. Yeah. And I want to ask you guys about that because these are yeah. pretty comparable movies. The Green Knight's, you know, obviously medieval. This is about, Vi- about Vikings and the Nordic culture. But... Similar types of movies. Yeah. How did you feel comparing those two? I think this one was way sure. more standard. You could tell a studio probably got to it and uh, made it a little more by the books. Uh, you could. I was surprised this thing was only two hours. I would have thought Eggers would have made this two hours forty-five, knowing him. But yeah, what what do you think about that comparison yeah. with with the Green Knight? I mean, it made me like the Green Knight more. That's for sure. Okay. I, I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I almost, maybe I should have just set out the, I, I don't like any, like the, I think that this movie would have been, I don't know if it would have been better for me personally, but I think it would have been more coherent at least if it had just been Eggers making a movie for A24 and just going full weird, I think that the dancing back and forth between a sort of like kind of a, like a, I don't even want to call it a blockbuster, but like an attempt at blockbuster kind of movie mixed with 55 stop downs for Norse rituals and weird stuff. And on the, the, the lack of rhythm there was almost unbearable for me. I just was like, I can't, I'm not saying that I want the weird Norse ritual movie that David, or excuse me, that Robert Eggers clearly wants to make, but it, I do think that there's a little bit of <laughs> like, remember when we saw the, the Joss Whedon justice league and it didn't feel like a coherent movie at all. It was kind of similar to that. It's like, I probably would not, and ultimately we found out for sure would not like the Zack Snyder version of this, but at least it would be maybe like a bit more of a coherent film. And that's kind of how I felt. Or the, the Dave Eggers version. Or the Dave Eggers version. Yeah. Heartbreaking work of Nordic rituals. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I think, yeah, totally. I get that. And that's where I, you know, that's obviously the, them going back and forth of the studio thing, but yeah, I mean, it's like just, it's, it's just, I think that, some of that cool kind of grounding it in the um, berserker jester, all that stuff is kind of historically interesting, but it doesn't mm-hmm. need to be like 40 minutes of the movie. Like, yeah. you know, if yeah. you want to show me some of that and kind I of, I thought it took way too long to get yeah. the story started. I mean, it was Same. like 30 minutes before we even are at Skarsgård. Yeah. You know, he's like the kid. And then you've got yeah. Ethan Hawke's storyline where yeah. he gets beheaded. And it's to me, there was like, one line of dialogue that's like, avenge me, son, that could have happened. Instead, it was the kid literally repeating, I'm going to avenge you. I'm going to avenge you for like mm-hmm. 20 minutes of the first movie. It's like, we get what's going on. And there's several, you must avenge him. I will avenge him. I'm going to avenge. We know. It was just like very repetitive yeah. on that front. So like, again, 
the plotting, the dialogue. Yeah. Um, I, I was kind of wish this was like a silent movie with just, because <laughs> honestly, I like, <laughs> I love the visuals at it, but I just like, I couldn't stand the, uh, yeah, the kind of attempt at the poetry, yes. and all the different refrains yes. and things like yes. that is so, uh, yeah. I thought the wor- the visual world was totally believable. What they, you know, like the, the what they were wearing, how they were in the world. It, it didn't have that plastic feel of like a three hundred. Uh, you know what? I'll give Robert Eggers though. He looks exactly like I expected. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, doesn't he? Yeah. There's no chance he's he's normal either, which is is kind of what I want, honestly. I don't want a Paul Dano experience with this. I need I need yeah, a, yeah you'd be bummed out if you found out he's a big <laughs> yeah. Bulls fan. Yeah. That's what's funny is <laughs> exactly. that yeah. is that Ari Aster is like totally normal and looks like like your your fun yeah. uncle that would but come over and fix yeah. your computer. He definitely has a weird he has a weird basement. There's no question. Yeah. There's he's there's got he's got some himself. a collection of something that you yeah, don't want to know about. There you yeah. go. There's there's a collection. I don't know what it is, but yeah. it would it's disturbing. I just yeah. I know inexpensive. Yeah. yeah. If we yeah, ever yeah. interview Ari Aster, we like, okay, Ari, we know you collect something. <laughs> right. What yeah, is yeah. it? <laughs> I'm never telling. Yeah. Doll fingers. Doll fingers. That's horrifying. Yeah. yeah. Uh so yeah. we get the kid screaming, I will avenge you, I will avenge you. And I just wrote my notes. Could we be a little more subtle about that? Like, can't the kid yeah. just look away as his father's dying and he's floating away in the boat. And like, we know that he's going to avenge his father's death. I don't know. It's just very, very heavy handed with the, with the writing there. And then we get a great shot with this static camera kind of sitting in the, on the shore as these boats go by and then the camera moves onto the boat. And then it continues to go through the uh, middle of the boat as they're rowing to the music, you know, man, that was a, that was awesome. The movie that this reminded me of, Richard, was The Revenant. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. With some of the sure. lo- some of the tracking shots, the long takes, the mm-hmm. visceral battle battles yeah. where it's just, I mean, a guy gets his head chopped off. That's kind of ha- what happened, you know. The, yeah, the arrows flying around really reminded me of that too. The spears, uh, man. So it was like he took a note from there, and just the way it was shot too, where it's it's kind of just a lot of natural light. No, like I said, not a lot of CG, not a lot of makeup and and uh, hairstyling and all that uh, lace around it. It was just uh, really kind of gross, and I like that about it. So can we I, get the can I real quick? I, go ahead. I I think there's some shot. I think there's some really good shots in this. Um, I did not. I could not. I didn't get there with the the action at all. I thought the the action set pieces, the the fight choreography, was like, like it was a solid hour before I decided, no, this is actually like this is supposed to be good. There was an. I mean, there was a long stretch where I was like, is he, is he doing a bit? Is this like part of the deal that I don't get? If of like, um, <laughs> what about? The scene I was going to mention next is the scene where he jumps off the boat and he and they pillage the town. Yeah, so all in one the, yeah. Totally. What did you think so about like, that? When he like th- this is just an example because to me it was a lo- it was a lot of this and I, I'm I'm genuine I'm not trying to be a, a jerk. It just like he okay he climbs the wall cool the uh, like you know up up the the the, the uh, over into the little the, the village or whatever. And the very first person that he that he attacks and kills, it's the most like, all right, now when we start, Alexander, he's going to move to his right, you're going to move to your left, and then you're going to grab his arm, and then he's going to let you chop it off. That's how it's going to work. And okay, yep, it's like very, I, I don't feel like I get oh, caught up in fight, fight choreography very often, but it was so robotic and and fake for me. That again, I'm not. I I I seriously spent a solid chunk of the movie trying to decide if this was Bobby Eggs trying to do like a like some sort of take or or, or or whatever on like what what the what fight choreography looks like in movies, or if he really if this was like no, this is good. Like this is the good fight choreography. I thought, and it wasn't just that. I'm not using like pointing out one thing. I felt that way through the whole movie. Almost every fight scene in the movie felt like 
it was choreographed choreographed by a a 10 year old with with like uh uh wrapping paper tubes or something i mean it was it was <laughs> I, I i'm i i don't know i'm sure somebody listening is like you just hate this guy and maybe i don't know maybe that's true but i just i i thought it was terrible i thought it was awful and and i couldn't i could not get into there were some re- i mean there's some real brutality to to some of this stuff but most of it in my opinion was like uh like shocking one cut look at the guy who's like hanging over the you know the the priestess or whatever in the temple or the here's what how he dismembered these guards bodies or whatever it was none of it was like a scene does that make sense like in the mo- like a fight the only scene. yeah none the of only to me. one to me and i was glad you made that point because the only one to me was really that that first uh you know, pillaging of the town and climbing the wall, that big, mm-hmm. that big yeah. sequence. And then it really kind of stuck, I, I guess the scene where he forges the sword and cuts off the head of the white, <laughs> the white zombie guy from Game of Thrones. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I, everything to me is a Game of Thrones reference when it comes to these things. By the way, multiple Game of Thrones cast members in this. When are they going to make one of these without just casting dudes from Game of Thrones? Like, why? <laughs> I think can everyone we... got in one though. So in an episode of Game of Thrones, so there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, all were, everyone was in an episode. Yeah. <laughs> everyone just there. Everyone just has those costumes on hand. Hey, just bring that. <laughs> we'll save us quite a bit. But yeah, there wasn't. I, I expected more big set pieces in this, and there was not that many other than like. Uh, I guess, you know, him going and finding out his mother's true intentions. And again, I mentioned Nicole Kidman off the top and why that's her. I was like, well, there's probably very few actresses that are like willing to take that part. So got to give her credit for kind of playing that character because she ends up She's being playing so, the odds that it could get so, her out. So evil like at the Eggers? end. Done. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like, so, an, so. I, but like an actress trying to break out, it's like, do you really yeah. want to be this? <laughs> Yeah. incestuous yes. witch at the end yeah. of the day uh i don't think so yeah you got to be established you got to be it's yeah you were glenn close which you <laughs> who does it want to be right exactly so so yeah you get that and then i had been reading about or seeing tweets about or articles like how they did the epic volcano scene at the north end of the north end, and it lasts like three and a half minutes i was like are you serious mm. i thought it was going to be like a 20 minute yeah Again, Game of Thrones type sequence where it's just like, oh my god, how did they do this? And I did have that feeling during that uh, the town sequence, like, oh man, the choreography here, the amount of just logistics involved in this is impressive. It was at that scale, and then that was basically it. Everything else was kind of kind of. I was pretty su- surprised this costs seventy five million dollars, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, totally, totally. Same thought. I, it all went to Defoe. Okay, worth it then. Um, yeah, I, I had the same thought. There, there were some. I was in the new Spider Man. <laughs> Quotes gone up. <laughs> like I said, I mean, I think there are some really, really well done short sequences and shots and stuff like that. Like he know, I, I, I definitely, I definitely can see that he has an eye for for some of these these types of shots that are like really artistic and beautiful and. And well done. I didn't think that he had a very good eye for um, landscape and and wider shots and stuff like that. Um, that like the very first scene of the movie with the with the uh, boats coming ashore, essentially, mm-hmm. I thought was terrible. I mean, and there were several others that were like that to me. Where I was like, I don't, I don't totally see what we're going for here. It looks kind of. That looks like a backdrop. It looks cheap. I don't know. It didn't do. But but then you know you mentioned the scene with the boat. There's several so- shots like that. Can't where you're like, oh yeah, like that's a great. That will that will look incredible. Um, forever. It's a really good shot. It just for me, a lot of them were kind of few and far between. I know a sequence that you loved was the field hockey sequence. God, painful. I mean, again, it's it's fight. That to me is that goes hand in hand with fight choreography. That was so rough and and. Just shot. Honestly, it was just shoddy. It was shoddy to me. I don't. I. I. I don't know. I don't know what to say. It was. It. There's too many times in the movie where it feels like the point of this is the brutality. Which okay, you get that across, but that doesn't. 
it it doesn't look good on screen. It just says, man, this is brutal. I, I don't know. Maybe, and you know maybe why he did that? For, but I didn't care for it. So. You know why he did that is because the Minnesota Vikings were originally a field hockey team. <laughs> okay. And he's from Minnesota. Just, I mean, you know, cool, man. Six on six. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Hope no one thinks that I think that. <laughs> Skull, though. And that's why the know, Morton Skull. Anderson character misses the kick. Yeah, got it. He's Nordic. Anderson. Morton Anderson. That's a, you know, he's Nordic. So. Like <laughs> it feels like Anya Taylor-Joy will do whatever Robert Eggers wants her to do. So whatever kind of weird thing he's got <laughs> going on. To me, this feels like a guy who is a really talented musician, but he's just trying to play whatever's popular to, to get noticed. <laughs> and it never feels authentic, you know? It's like, I all right, this never. next record is going to be, um, you know, a little dancey. This first record's a little indie, you know, and he, he still hasn't figured out his style, but you know or he has something. And he solos for 50 minutes yeah. in every, on every song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there it it's is. like okay, uh, yeah, I, I kind of see the potential in this guy. I'm willing to give his next album a try. Maybe, maybe it'll be a little better. But I know he's going to have a great album at some point. Like that's kind of what I feel like with this guy. He hasn't figured it out. He's got he's got a, I don't put some potential, but to me, he hasn't arrived at anywhere close to where his peers or even you know people younger than him are are at in this business yet. In terms of what I what I enjoy. And um, what I think is going to stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe, maybe the Northman is the movie of the decade. And I'm eating my words, but I think it'll kind of be lost in the shuffle this year. To be quite honest oh, with you, oh for sure, yeah, it will have a cult yeah. audience just yeah. because of the subject matter and yeah. brutality and the cast. And there's things about it that are I wouldn't quite say redeeming, but they're definitely niche enough i don't even mean that negatively i just feel like there's there is an audience for this it's not enough to make up for 90 million dollars but um i do think this will have a really passionate fan base of some kind but like you said earlier kent like it's the ultimate twitter is not the real life you know it's like oh Mm, robert eggers has a ton of i mean twitter i mean Mm -hmm. uh you know the the lighthouse and then but no you know one episode of CSI is 10 times the amount of people that saw the lighthouse. And then you, thanks to, you know, you gave him $90 million to make right, right. this. So, so, um, yeah, be interesting. Well, we shall see what he does next. I thought, uh, I thought he was moving in the right direction, like making more digestible stuff for me. Um, the lighthouse was the opposite of, uh, digestible for me. So this was, way more along the lines of something that uh, I can enjoy. So I'm about ready to grade this one out. What about you guys? Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, I'll give this a B B plus minus somewhere around there. I'm like, I'm like an 86. That's cool. That's a straight up B. You could go okay. with that. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go C minus for me. Brian, what F minus you? minus. You can, you can no, like, send me a check. It's better than the lighthouse. Um, I, you know, I, I can maybe give it a little bit for like, it's not for me. I thought Skarsgård's presence is really impressive. Yeah. The physical acting in this minus the core. I hated yeah, the, that's one more thing I hated though was the, yeah. All the grunting and the yeah, wolf, the wolf here. howling, yeah. like just, yeah. just okay, do it yeah. a couple times, get, but you don't have to do it twenty five times. Yeah, you know? no, I totally agree. It's, it's, I, I also like. I think I'm somebody like I need. I'm, I'm story centric. I'm narrative centric. There's no flow to the narrative or the, or the story in here. A lot of things that happen were just like that. Just is stupid. Like that. Just he ju- like nobody would do that. I don't think. Um and again, it's just like, I, I felt like, especially in the back half of the movie, when I did start to get into like a little bit of a like, okay, I don't hate this. I'm kind of, I'm kind of at least a little bit along for the ride. Then it was like, cool, time for another ritual. <laughs> I just was like, no, I, I don't need any more rituals. I, I've had enough of 
of what we're we're doing here. It's just, you know, we say a lot of times it's like uh, that performance only that actor could do that, or only that director could make that movie. It's to me, this is like the exact opposite. Like almost any director could make this movie better for what it is for this studio, for the studio, for what they're trying for the the kind of like sub blockbuster movie that that they're trying to get here. I just I don't understand the choice on Eggers at all. So did not care for them. Anyway, uh, I'll just go with a I'll just go with the straight D. D's what though? <laughs> not falling for it. Yes, better than Morbius. Better than the bubble. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it is I have not. actual yeah. hell. Um, oh, I'm excited. Yeah, so bad, dude. Yeah, actual hell. I love He's it. done. It's enough, it's, Judd. Yeah, it was. It's terror. It's terror. We might oh, need wow. a whole episode to talk about. I mean, I need. I might need a therapy. I can't session. wait. It was. It was abuse. It was <laughs> therapy. Terrible. So so bad. So it's at least better. This is at least better than those two movies, and maybe there's another one or two I've seen this year already that are not so. But. uh an improvement on the lighthouse, but also somewhat, somehow, even more frustrating in ways. Because I don't know, uh, not not good, not not for me. One star, not for me. <laughs> I wish Eggers would just do a twenty four movies, limited release. You know, I think that there's a place. Oh, for he that. will from here here. Yeah, from here on out. Don't I worry. Don't think, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think you should try and make the big bucks anymore in terms of the upfront money, man. Just not. Like I hope it bought him. He got a he got a nice house out of it, probably. Sure. Uh, you know, but let's nice let's little back end. Again. Or if we do, weekend. let's not whine about it before it comes out. Let's try that. Just just to yeah. It didn't help the uh, opening here. Complaining about <laughs> yeah. it beforehand is never good. For sure. All right. Well, let's move on and hit a quick weekly recommend. Weekly recommend. Richard, what you got? Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm trying to think. I've got a few different ones here. Um, I'm going to go with a stand-up special account today. David Spade, nothing personal. I haven't watched it and, yet. Uh, yeah, it's I good. I watched it this would, afternoon. Knew yeah, you would be a, in on it. He'd be promoting it to, on the Carvey pod, which you listen yeah. for because of Carvey. And he just <laughs> happens to be there. So yep. you're in. I got to get my uh, what if Johnny Carson was E.T. Uh, topical <laughs> jokes in. That's what I live for in the audio format. But yeah, I'm, I love Spade as a stand-up. I used to watch his, I had like a Napster download of his like 1999 special. I think it was called Take the Hit or something like that. I think it was around 99, 2000. And I would listen to it like incessantly as a high schooler for whatever reason. Because it was very cool. Um, and so it was, it's just a fun little, see him do another hour on Netflix. It's been a while. He had a little Comedy Central special a couple years ago, but wasn't really promoted and it's fun to see him get a full hour. He's a really, he's, you know, in his older age, become a really good stand up. And, uh, now that he's focused on that, he's, he's, it's strong. So yeah, I mean, it's not like groundbreaking, like a Louis or not a Louis, like a Chappelle or a, uh, a Chris Rock special or anything like that. But it's, um, but it's a fun little, little hour. I got some, got some cackles in. So, uh, yeah, recommend it. It's no growing ups too, is it? Be- uh, slightly better. <laughs> so like an A minus instead of a B plus. Yeah, Spade will, I for the Spade will be like, I'm only doing stand-up now. I'm doing my own kind. And he'll, next year, it'll be in the next. <laughs> What's funny is that like, joint. dumb, I think it was called like The Wrong Missy or something that he did. It's a Sandler movie that stars Spade. Sandler's not in it, but it's a Happy Madison. Yeah. It's like the second most watched thing ever on Netflix. Here's something. Um, <laughs> There's something weird about that. Weird. <laughs> We're broken as a society. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask you guys about this. Netflix keeps saying that Red Notice is the biggest movie of all time. Can anyone tell you anything about Red Notice? No. Like, can we? Can we? Yeah, Netflix. Can we they, stop saying that about movies that have that have not made a cultural impact? Yeah. Yeah. You can I have agree. numbers, but quit saying it's the biggest movie of all time when no one knows what it is. Still. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, yeah I, it's true. There is something like about Netflix where like. Some in the converse of that, there are things I don't think are that big, and then everyone in my life has mm. seen it because it's just on Netflix. That happens too, and you go, "Wow, the Nef- everyone." You're right; everyone has Netflix, so that makes sense that people would just search for stuff and find it on there. But you're right, Kent. I've talked to no one has been like, "Have you seen?" Re-? You know, like 
the bad Chris Pratt movie or on Amazon Prime or things like that. More conversations about that right. even than like Red Tomorrow Man. War. So yeah, right. I mean, it's it is true that had very little pop culture penetration. So even if that is true, that enough people have clicked on it. If there's no conversation around it, stop saying it. It's so dumb. I hate when they make those bragging points. But uh, but yeah, happy for Spade. Check that out on the Netflix. Nothing personal. We'll have a good stand-up special. Nice. What do you got, Brian? Um, I have been locked in uh, Better Call Saul mode as well as all these Denzel movies. I haven't haven't adjusted too much something new. Are you so you may have recommended this already. Can't I can't remember. Uh, but in my downtime, I've been listening to uh eleven eleven a lot the last week. The Pine Grove, the new Pine oh, okay. Grove album. Can't remember if you recommended it when it came out at the beginning of the year. I don't know if my, I did. Okay, well, good. Then Pine Grove eleven eleven. It's my first like. This is the first. I mean, I've listened to it once or twice, but this last week I've had it playing. Um, I've played through it several times, and it's really good and super. I don't know, just super chill. Like it's, it's really good. It, this album, I think, is really good kind of like background while I'm trying to think or work or, or you know, work through something or whatever. Uh, it's it's re- really kind of, most of it's pretty mellow. I, it, I dig it a lot. It's, I I mean, Cardinal is probably, is going to stay like my favorite, I think, of the Pine Grove albums for a long time. And, and I love Marigold too. This one is very, very good as well though. So I really dig it. Yeah, they said that Chris Walla helped them with it, who former Death Cab guitarist. Nice. Yeah, you can totally uh, see that. Yeah, yeah. And that, they, yes. you know, obviously rec- recorded themselves for like the past few records, the Amperland stuff. So this is like their first one in a while that uh, they were in an actual studio. And uh, yeah, man, really good stuff. They did a little variety on Variety.com. They did a live performance i think they did like six or seven of the songs from 1111 mm-hmm. on there and uh sound sounded great i was supposed to see them this past weekend but evan got covid like the day before and they had to postpone Big it bummer. so yeah. but but have they announced the new date yet they have not announced the new date i was going to say but maybe brian can go to the new date and yeah, i'm going to try i got to see uh a band in fort worth that i wanted to see widow's peak that i was bummed i wasn't going to get to see because i was going to be at pine grove so nice. maybe I'll get to see both. So a little silver lining, but oh, I was, nice. I was on <laughs> packing up to go and I go to look at the tickets and it's like, Oh, postponed. Okay. <laughs> Just glad we yeah. weren't out there because I'm sure a yeah, lot of people were already out there walking yeah. up to the door. Like what the yeah. crap? Yeah, totally. That happened to me with Isabel a couple of years ago. It was like, the, I guess it was probably the night before though. They announced <laughs> they had to move it because of like a, I don't know, death in the family or something like that. But, uh, yeah, that's it's not about. So hopefully it'll be at a time where I can go. I was I really I missed <laughs> I missed the one that was like the last concert before the world shut down and I was pretty if it was one of those where you're like man if I'd known that was the last concert I was going to go to for 2 or 3 years then I really would have made that happen and then was very pumped to go to this one and it was on a date where I absolutely could not yeah. do it. So. Yeah, Pine Grove was the last uh, the last covid non-covid experience maybe of my life besides uh going on the honeymoon right and the, that like sure. next day yeah. or whatever but uh he said habitat the first song they wrote for cardinal brian so maybe that's why you're oh, getting nice. those vibes sure yeah. from it yeah. a little similar it's a really good album I, i'm yeah i it yeah i'm i'm really uh, it was a good it's been a good background record for me this week which has been very appreciative all that alt country mm-hmm. stuff the the lap steel always yeah makes me happy yeah. when they bring that bad boy out Good recommend. I'm going to recommend a documentary uh, that I watched. This past weekend was Record Store Day. I didn't get out and go because I've spent so much daggum money on records (laughs) the past year. It's like, I just got to avoid going this year. And I did go walk uh, because there was a little arts festival uh, down by us. We walked around down there and I, I popped in the store just to see how busy it was, but didn't buy anything or anything. Um, and it was popping off, man. So it's good to see that. But this uh, documentary is called Vinyl Nation. And it came out uh, 2020. And it's about just the resurgence of vinyl and the record store day. They, they interview the guys that started it 
and talk about how big it's become. There's a little third man records section in here and they interview a lot of different kinds of collectors and record store owners, things like that. Brian, you'll like this. Um, so yeah, yeah just definitely. talks about just why vinyls come back, why it went away in the first place, why it's come back and why now it's bigger than it's ever been. So uh, that's awesome. Pretty, yeah, I saw pretty that good. pop up on Plex. I'm well, waiting for a good definitely gonna watch that. doc about the vinyl uh, resurgence. And this seems to be one of the best ones I've seen. So Vinyl Nation, Very check nice. that out. Very nice. Well, there you go. That is the review, the update on the movie draft, and some weekly recommends for you. We've got a bonus episode for our VIPs this week. We're still diving into Denzel. We've got mm. more Denzel movies to talk about. Part uh, three, I believe, of our Denzel retrospective coming at you this week on the bonus feed. So stay tuned for that, VIPs. We love you. Madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP to sign up. That always helps keep the show going. And um, please follow us at Madaboutmovies on the Twitter, at Instagram, Madaboutmoviespodcast. And we'll see you soon in cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya ya The salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again 